Welcome, listeners, to Dames and Dragons. Today's episode is brought to you by the nimble hands of Cobalt Press. Cobalt Press's infamous Tomb of Beasts for 5th edition is now available on Roll20, my friends. This tomb, full of beasts, has over 400 ready-made monsters for any of your D&D 5e games. And you can now drag and drop these monsters from your Roll20 Compendium tab onto the game board in one easy step. Instantly, you'll have a fully statted token, illustrated handout, character sheet, and bio. Out of the game, you can use the compendium to search, sort, and find all the monstrous information your monstrous heart could desire. You can get the Tome of Beasts at the Roll20 Marketplace at Roll20.net. And now, on with the show. When this episode airs, I'll send a screenshot of the text Noelle sent me before starting. <laughs> what text? What did you What was it? Uh, it just said, Time. are you ready to die in all caps? <laughs> um, Noelle! I was just wondering. Rudy, isn't that a text oh, you receive on a... No, I was going to say, it's not the first time I've received this text, yeah. but I think uh, the context was clear this time. Yeah, I so, get that text from Noel like two or three times a day. Usually. usually there's no context. Yeah, no, I don't usually know why it's happening. Okay, well, huh? Rudy, are you ready to die? I am, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's play some D&D. My name is Kat. I'm your DM. Hi, I'm Noelle, and I play Fran and Genasi Wizard. Hello, I am Caitlin, and I play Corbin, a human. Druid. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Got it out. Hi, I'm Sophia. I play Laika, a uh, tiefling paladin. And today we also have the wonderful, the mysterious, the... Another adjective, Rudy Basso. <laughs> hey, I'm Rudy Basso. I'm playing Zeroth, a half-elf fighter who is about to be killed by the PCs. <laughs> yeah, we're about to kill Zeroth. Yeah, definitely. So, last time, Corbin was in prison with the Grey Manacle, an organization that wants to kill the gods, according to Zeroth, who is the officer that Corbin met. And we left off after Fran, Laika, and Mary found Zeroth and Corbin arguing on the docks in Danmar. So let's start there. Uh, Zeroth, you see Laika, Fran, and Mary running toward you. If I saw you and I saw Mary, I would have drawn my weapon. As I draw my weapon, instead of drawing it away like an intelligent individual, I like pull it up and it gets like stuck in my scabbard. And I'm like <laughs> spinning around in a little circle, trying desperately to get it out while being like, Stop! I arrest you! You are manacled! Uh, so Fran, Fran runs towards Zeroth and Corvin and says... Corbin, who is this guy? What's going on? Laika immediately stands in front of the goddess and is like, calm down. Let's let's talk about this. Okay, Corbin puts his hands out between Zeroth and uh, his buds. 
<laughs> and he says, Listen, everybody. I think there's been a horrible misunderstanding. This uh, lovely man wants to kill all the gods. I do, and there's a god standing right there. Help me kill her. And then I uh, swing my sword at Mary if she is within swinging range. Well, no, Laika's in your way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay. I guess That's... you swing your sword at Laika. Uh, I guess I do. <laughs> okay. Let's just start by rolling initiative. So, okay, cool. I got a five. Okay. I got a 22. I got 14. I got a 10. And Zayroth, take a surprise round. I am Laika. Does an 18 hit your armor class? Yeah, that hits. I do 12 damage. Please surrender. I do not want to hurt you any further. I just want to say that I have a great idea. What if we let's just see. knock Zayroth out and then carry him around with us weekend a birdie style? Very cool. All uh, right, let's do it. You <laughs> can try. I'm going to attempt to knock Zayroth out. 18 plus. Oh, yes. Yeah. With yeah. the plus, it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 12. All righty, and then it is Corbin's turn. Corbin first wants to yell... Mary's not a god. According to every single description I've had of her, she is a god. And a really important god. So... She's bald, you idiot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Great point, friend. That's a really Uh, good point. I think you should consider that. (laughs) So we've had sketches done of her under various possible disguises, and one of them was bald, so... Who is your sketch artist? He sounds sketchy. <laughs> Sounds okay. Can I attack Fran? Corbin has Can you will you let me interrupt initiative to attack Fran, please? I Corbin says, I hate to do this to you, buddy. And then I use call lightning. Oh, sorry. Ow. You use magic? Yeah, dude. Oh my god! <laughs> I freak out. Uh, Rudy has to make a dexterity saving throw. What's your spell, DC? Uh, Probably like 14. I fail. It's, it's 15. I certainly fail. Yeah, I fail. <laughs> oh, uh, that's 17. Okay. Damn. <laughs> You're a killer. I'm a killer. I'm God killer. God killers. Okay, and now, Zayroth, <laughs> it is your turn. All right, I'm going to grapple with Laika. I thought you were going for Fran. You sure? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're hey! right. I'm just going to catch <laughs> You son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it's not me. Uh, it's no loyalty. All right, let me uh, <laughs> roll to see if I hit. Just... Nine. I rolled a one. I miss. Uh, Wait. What? I get two attacks. Yeah. I'm a fighter at level six. 20. Bet that hits. No. Fran, <laughs> it doesn't hit you. How much damage do you do? I do 12 damage. Uh, Then I'm going to use my action surge. Mm -hmm. Because why not? Let's go all out. And I am going to grapple Fran. Oh, I rolled a natural 20. (laughs) I didn't roll a natural 20. (laughs) All right, you are successful. She is grappled. Oh, God, why me? Why me? (laughs) Give over the god and I'll give you back your blue blue person. Whatever. (laughs) Corbin. Can't we just talk about this? You've made a huge mistake here. Mary isn't Kai. She just resembles her, but she's she's not Kai. While you guys are talking, for her turn, Mary is going to step out behind from Laika with her hands raised. Mary, you self-sacrificing son of a bitch. You motherfucker. This is why I didn't want Mary to come with, you guys. <laughs> she signs to you, Zeroth. Why don't you just put her down? And I will come with you, 
And she she looks back at Laika and Corbin and gives you guys a quick little wink. Laika's just immediately distressed because even if this is uh, a plan Mary has, she she doesn't like what Mary's proposing. <laughs> yeah, Corbin is very skeptical because he doesn't necessarily trust Mary anymore. <laughs> if you'll let me, Kat, I will toss my manacles at Mary and say, put those on. Yeah, so you toss the manacles at Mary. She reaches down for them very slowly mm-hmm. and then... Holds up a hand and signs to Fran. Now. Oh, Jesus. So, okay, I'm going to use Shocking Grasp, and I'm going to use it to try and, like, get out of Zeroth's hold. Well, <laughs> 17. Going to miss. Uh, well, and then we're back to the top of the order with Laika. I'm going to cast Darkness. What's the advantage here? <laughs> Um, magical darkness spreads from a point you choose within range to fill a 15-foot radius sphere for the duration. Uh, I can't see through the darkness as a creature with dark vision. Non-magical light can't illuminate it, but it could give you, like, a chance to get away since you're, like, yeah, let's see what it does. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to cast this cool new spell. Right, it's fine. Let's do it. All right. You, all right. I mean, you don't have to roll anything. You just... Cast darkness. All right, I cast it, and then I'm going to step forward and um, take the manacles from Mary Mm -hmm. and step into the darkness at uh, an approximate point of where I think they are. Uh, I start screaming when everything goes dark. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Corbin, you're up. (laughs) Okay, I take the spear off my back, I point it at the darkness, and I run it. All right, uh, roll with disadvantage to hit Zeroth. Well, that was a two. Uh, so Don't think it's going to get worse than that. <laughs> I roll again. Roll again. You might get a one. It was a two again. Oh, wow. You you miss by a mile. <laughs> yeah. You just run in screaming and run out the other side. That tracks. <laughs> All right. Oh, here we are in the darkness. Zeroth, it's your turn. Uh, I am terrified to suddenly be in pitch black. So mm-hmm. I'm going to drop my grapple on Fran, push her away, and run in a direction. I am, <laughs> like, really upset. And Can Fran visibly, use a like, reaction to grab onto him <laughs> in terror? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do a dex contest. Oh, my God. Um, You're a dex spider, right, Rudy? Yeah, I am. 12. Well, I got um, a six. <laughs> You are not able to grab onto uh, Zeroth as he stumbles around in the dark. All right. Okay. Uh, Mary is going to cast Sacred Flame. Oh. Zeroth, please make a dexterity saving throw. 13. Uh, that's That does fail. That mm. does fail. Eight <laughs> points of damage to you. Oh. Well, I, I'm now just in the darkness. Yeah. And I don't know where anyone is. Yeah. Well, you saw a jet of flame, of bright flame come from Mary. Okay, and well, I'm going to lunge in the direction of Zeroth. I'm assuming he's not very far yet. No. And I'm going to try and hit him with Scorching Ray. Okay. <laughs> okay, that one misses. That one definitely hits, and that one misses. All right, so one- <laughs> All right, we got one, and that is going to be... Uh, and that's 11 damage. Okay, as you scorch me, a necklace around my neck... That as an amulet in the end begins to glow brightly, then explodes. Uh, I scream very, very <laughs> loud. And then a fireball goes off, centered on me. And please, everybody make a dexterity saving throw. 
Wait. What? <laughs> was that? And was then that I fall a the kill switch? Are, are you gonna die? <laughs> All right. Uh, Mary rolled a natural twenty. She gets out of the way. Nineteen. That's ten. <laughs> Twelve. What was 18? 18 passes. The other two Eight. fail. 30 damage if you failed. 15 if you succeed. I'm still ouch. alive. Ouch, <laughs> ouch, ouch. And ouch. Uh, okay. Zara falls to the ground unconscious. Okay, so he's just unconscious. He's not dead. Fran, actually, it's up to you. You can kill me if you want. Uh, no, we're not going to kill you. Okay. I already said what we're going to do. <laughs> I was hoping for death in that case. Uh, well, you're not going to get it. Uh. All right. So I dissolve my darkness spell, and then I go up to Zayroth, and I put the manacles on. As you're walking over to put the manacles on, a strand of ink comes out from the ocean and lands next to Zayroth's crumpled form, and the ink materializes into a young half-elf woman with pastel pink hair, which, Corbin, you recognize her. This is Mila, mm-hmm. who you had just met a few minutes ago. She looks at all of you, and she doesn't say anything. She just snarls and scoops up Zeroth's unconscious form. She then points back toward the ocean and dissolves like ink in water. You see the black streak across the ocean horizon and then vanish into the distance. All right, Zeroth, you awaken on the deck of the metal ship that Mila has been coming and going on, and she is kneeling over you, holding your hand in one hand and slapping your cheek with her other. I go, ah, Mila, you saved me. Of course I saved you, you idiot. What were you thinking? You said not to trust the guy with the boob window, so I I tried to put the manacles on him, but then he got away, and then some other people showed up, and they had uh, the goddess. Uh, They had Kai, so I tried to arrest her. I tried to put the manacles on her, but then they uh, beat me up pretty bad. Next time, if you see them, don't attack them. You can't. But I'm an officer. That's my job. I'm a leader. I'm a leader of the Grey Manacle. She takes your face in one hand, sort of squishing your cheeks with her thumb and forefinger and forces you to look her in the eye and says, Zayroth, you are too important to the larger plan here, okay? I'm going to fix this, okay? They broke my amulet and I show her the chain, the necklace chain without the amulet. Oh, we'll get you a new one. I'll... I'm going to fix this, Zeroth, okay? I'm going to fix this. Okay. And then uh, a hairy dwarven head pops up from a from a trap door in the deck. And he says, My lady, I do reckon that we should get going if you want to get back to the hill, but in good time. <sighs> Captain, no. Turn around. Find us somewhere discreet to dock. I have business to attend to in the city. So, Zayroth has just disappeared in a cloud of black smoke. And you guys are now left on the docks. You see, uh, as this darkness has cleared, some people start applauding. And uh, they throw down some coins for you guys. I bow. Um, I bow too, and I grab the coins. Yes. Corbin doesn't bow at all. He just scrambles for the money. <laughs> we all scramble like desperate animals for money. Oh, gosh. How much do we get? Yeah. Uh, you guys get a total of 15 silver pieces. 
And also, as the crowd begins to clear away, and you hear people being like, oh, that was such good street performance. Like, wow, really good illusions. Really good tricks. We ran away out of the street. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So do you guys, where do you guys run to? Well, let's just go back to our rooms at the end. Yeah. Okay. Mary patches you guys up so you're not shambling through the streets, limping and burned. (laughs) Covered in like blisters and open wounds. Yeah. So you guys head back to the Thirsty Slavir, the inn where you guys, uh, the guards have provided rooms for you. So the barkeep that you guys talked to earlier, he uh, says, Oh, you guys look like hell. Uh, thank you. We followed the sign that you gave us, so thanks. <laughs> Did you find what you were looking for? No. Uh, more or less. Less. <laughs> less. I'll have one of my employees bring basins of water to your room so you can wash up. Oh, that's nice. Cool. I give him a piece of silver and we go to our rooms. Okay. Let's talk. Who? What just happened? I want... The world below is a constant torture zone. <laughs> Corbin, what did you do? I did nothing. Excuse you. Okay, so basically, here's the, here's the high and the low. I found a cult that wants to kill all the gods. Oh! But they're also keeping a bunch of Estrin people captive. Oh. And they want to kill Mary. Oh. oh. One out of three of those is good. Yeah, that's kind of how I liked to look at it, too. That's honestly better than we've been doing. (laughs) Do you think they could be reasoned with? Uh, not especially. Well, Mm. how many, uh, Estrins are prisoner there? Anyone you recognized? Yeah, your dad was there. Laika looks shocked because she she thinks Corbin is talking about her real father, and she (laughs) falls to the floor like, What? Yeah, remember we met him that time? My here's dad? The, here's the bookkeeper, right? Here, the restorationist. Oh. Oh. That's that's great. Anyone, <laughs> anyone else? Uh, oh, I saw Vicente. Oh. Laika looks at Fran and raises her eyebrows. Fran looks back at Laika questioningly. That guy you had a crush on? Who? Vicente. <laughs> the-, the guy you liked? <laughs> I do not recall. (laughs) Fran. All of the rules to fall in love have turned her brain into mush. Mary, what do you think of all this? She shakes her head slowly, um, and she's looking down at her hands. I don't know. I suppose. How did they look? Corbin, the prisoners, how did they look? Uh, well, they were prisoners. <laughs> I mean... How many of them were there? A lot. They oh. were yelling at me in droves. Did they ask about the goddess? They sure did. She looks to Mary like, hey, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Mary looks actually more uneasy. Oh. She, <laughs> <laughs> um, she wraps her arms around herself for a moment, uh, and then... Takes her hands out again. Did you see any weak points in their, in the prison? Was there anything that we could? Well, I mean, I did convince them to like let me out just by saying I wanted to kill all of the gods. So they don't seem super smart. (laughs) That's something. That is something. That's something. It was something. (laughs) 
Speaking of that guy you like, can we take a look at Phelan's diary? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Fran takes out the diary. What does it look like, like on the outside? Uh, it just looks like a fairly plain black leather-bound book. Are there stickers on it? There are no stickers on it. No. What? Coward. This is a fake. <laughs> okay, I open it up. Uh, yeah, it, it, it does not open. It, oh, what? <laughs> Like, like it's enchanted to stay closed. Leica pulls out her sword like, well. <laughs> yeah, if just like yanking at it, no matter what you do, it's like it's glued shut. How about a sword to it? I mean, you Don't can- cut it. I'm Put not- your sword down, Leica. Carbon oh, takes his spear and tries to stab it. Hey! <laughs> Fran jumps out of the way. There's probably a password. Torva sucks. <laughs> Does it open? No. I say, uh... Betrayal. <laughs> Nothing. I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> it does not open. Uh, zero, zero, zero. No. Nothing. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Password. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing happens. Right. Password, one, two, three, four. Cat, <laughs> does it open? It does not open. <laughs> okay. Mm. So now I want to cast a spell magic on it. Okay. Well, I guess roll. All right. Shit. Caitlin? Caitlin? Caitlin, we need this diary. I'm, I'm doing my best. I need those juicy deeds. Oh, God. Well, that's um, 10. <laughs> 10? Oh, gosh, no. And when you attempt to dispel it, it dissolves the book. Huh? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> So much no, for those secrets. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, secrets. I'm gonna kill him and I'm gonna pull the secrets from his dead body. Fran um, stares down at the dissolved diary and and she says, It's okay, I, I have a backup. And she pulls out the book that she got from the soldier oh. foot locker. <laughs> you have two of Phelan's diaries? Uh, I mean, this is Somebody's book. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, and I open it up. <laughs> so this book is stories of Torva's various victories. You know, some of them are, are accounts of battles. Some of them are times when he is, you know, tricked or triumphed over other gods. But in flipping through it and reading some of these entries, you do get a theme. And that theme is that all the gods should be destroyed. That's in Torva's book? Yes. His his book preaches how people should free themselves from the gods and how the the gods are what is truly wrong with this and that the gods do not belong on the mortal plane and that you should follow Torva so that he can free you from the gods. He's not going to do that, though. I um, look very meaningfully at Corbin and Laika. Corbin, Corbin looks away and shields his eyes and pretends <laughs> that he doesn't know how to read. Laika is just Stop. staring at the book and is really confused. Mary, science, can I see that? And yes. <laughs> and Laika <laughs> takes the book from Fran's hands. Fran looks at Laika <laughs> and then, like, without breaking eye contact, hands it to Mary. <laughs> Laika puts her hand on Mary's and Fran's and is like, it's all good. (laughs) 
intense moment. Corbin inspects the wall. <laughs> Have those buckets come yet? Uh, oh, there's there's a knock on the door, and a uh, young woman comes in, and she has two basins of hot water. Uh, like cool. a pours one on her head, Corbin and then sits down. Corbin oh. strips. Uh, before this girl even leaves, yeah, just in front of when her. It's, when the when the thing is down, he strips. Okay, she immediately turns around and like runs away. Her face is bright red. He gets into the bucket. It's not like a bucket; it's a basin, which is like. Step one foot in the basin. Yeah, he it's like a large it. bowl. He sits in it. It's a lot. It's too small for Corbin to sit. <laughs> he is doing his best. Um. So there's no water for <laughs> Goddess's ranch. I mean, it's not really a problem. I for thought me. we were yeah. each gonna get one. No, I said two. <laughs> she brought two basins of hot water. Anyway, we're we're still looking at the book. So yeah. Fran just like gives Corbin like the dirtiest look. In the world, and it's like that girl thinks that we're part of some weird club now, and then just turns back to Mary. What does Mary say about the book? Um, so Mary uh, flips through the pages, and then she she stands up and she takes a blanket off the bed and she goes and wraps it around Corbin's shoulders. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Mary. You. Uh, <laughs> she nods to you. So Fran beckons the goddess over mm-hmm. and says, do you want some water, Mary? <laughs> she nods. Yes. And as as I create and not destroy water um, and shape water to clean us off, I ask, so what do you think? All the stories in here are tr- true, as much as any story about the gods are true, but the doctrine doesn't match what I had read in in the libraries on Estra, it whatever this is, I don't know if he's truly had a change of heart or if this is just propaganda. Corbin, you said that the people who kidnapped you, they wanted to kill all the gods. Yeah, I think I asked them if they wanted to kill Torva, though, and they seemed cool with that, so I don't know hmm. what their situation is. But it's a lot of people who want to kill all the gods for this to be a coincidence. Yeah. I I did see Torva's symbol on a boat that they were getting supplies from, though. So well, maybe they have a direct affiliation, and maybe it's to Torva's advantage to say he wants to kill all the gods. To be honest, this does read like propaganda to me. And based on Torva's own actions, it doesn't really seem like he's a champion of humans. You know, and we were raised on Estra, so we've seen one or two propagandas in our day. <laughs> Uh, Mary gives you a little smile, Fran, um, and then looks back down at the book. I just wonder. He's definitely not pro-mortal, but being anti-god does seem to track. Can you elaborate on that? Well, what I mean is that in all of the stories, it's always Torva against another god. He he doesn't work with anyone else. Uh, In the few instances where he does... He almost always betrays them. Isn't that always in his own self-interest? It's not like he's championing a cause in those stories. No, you're right. He he acts to conquer. That's what he does. So we can write this off then. I mean, if he's trying to get the gods on another plane, like, yeah, that'd be ideal. But his goals still don't align with anything close to what we have in mind. I mean, we want to kill all the gods so they're gone forever. Including Torva. Well, just mostly Torva. Torva first. Torva first, and then if everybody else can get along, maybe we can work something out. They'll be judged. 
by us. Yeah. The God Killers. Yeah. Well, that plan, as I've said a million times, sounds bad. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you, uh, especially after fighting Torva and getting very badly hurt and having him throw a cannonball at my body. I think you make a valid point. And I think even, even if everything in this book is true, even if every single last word is true, and Torva's just operating on a system where the ends justify the means, he destroyed the place we all lived. And he's killed so many mortals. And... The gods that we've met who haven't been Torva haven't been all that bad. I mean, except for, of course, Dashing Dawson. <laughs> he is a chaotic evil. Yeah, he's number two on the list of gods to be killed. He's number two in general. All just, right. Do yeah. we hear a voice on the way to say anything? Uh, there, actually, there isn't. Okay, well. <laughs> and frankly, even if the gods were all assholes, we don't know what would happen if they died. Wavell said that if the Esther section of his library was burned down, that knowledge would fade from the world. So what if the knowledge god is dead? We don't have knowledge anymore. It sounds like a new god can take the place of an old if it's if one is killed or dies, but it doesn't sound like they're ever really removed from this world entirely. Mm-hmm. Mary nods. Well, that's what I learned. Gods occupy a space in the world that is, it's a fixed point. They represent a concept and they embody it. Do you think what he says about gods existing on a separate plane is a possibility? Yes. I was always told that I don't have a plane because I was a god who was created by other gods and because I am bound to a mortal vessel. But other gods are able to walk between planes freely. That's how we've seen them appear and disappear. When we went to the tower, that was, I assume, Wavell's plane. That's do you think they could be sealed there and still do their job on this plane? I don't know. Vioni talked about how she was trapped on her own plane, correct? So She didn't seem to have much of an influence, but it's not like Scavenger stopped existing. But maybe that's our alternative, If we could seal Torva on his own plane, that would prevent him from doing harm to this world. I mean, obviously, I would love if we could kill him, but (laughs) so far, that doesn't seem to be an option. I definitely would love to wipe him from existence. I'm with you on this one, guys. (laughs) I do want to say that I think if the Grey Manacle is serving Torva, I'm not sure that they realize it. Because they didn't react in any kind of way when I said that I wanted to kill Torva. They mostly were just cool with that, which I can't imagine they would be if they knew they were serving Torva. Uh, Laika crosses off God Killer on her armor and puts God Banisher with a question mark. <laughs> Laika, do you need a journal? <laughs> what do you mean? I just, you keep writing on your armor. I thought maybe if you had a journal like you could write there i i guess do you have one well no but i never never mind never mind (laughs) (laughs) like is confused but she thinks that's very sweet for her to offer and she writes on her armor the goddess is cool (laughs) and then she covers it up like (laughs) she like it's a journal and she doesn't want you guys to see (laughs) We all see. No, you don't. Corbin sees. 
Every, you don't. Everyone sees you're standing in a small you, room. You did it right in front of the whole right. Once again, thank you so, 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 so much for being on our podcast. Um, We have enjoyed having you so much. We have screamed in the group chat. We have screamed in real life. You did great. And hopefully we're going to see you again. Oh, yeah, that would be delightful. I again, thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, didn't kill you this time, but I'll get you next time. (laughs) Ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. So tell us, uh, tell us where to find you. Don't split the podcast network, of course. Which is this network? There are lots of other really wonderful shows that people should check out. Um, the one that I do and take a lot of pride in is Have Spellbook Will Travel, which is an audio drama that is fantasy based. It's set in a very Dungeons and Dragons esque world. It's written out. We have, you know, voice actors come in and do the voices. We have sound effects. We have all this wonderful stuff. Uh, it takes up so much of my time. Please <laughs> listen to it. You can go to havespellbook.com to check it out. Thank you again, Rudy. We hope to see you again soon. Okay, so first announcement. Sophia edited a ton of this episode. She did great. She's out here killing it. Thank you, Sophie. Second, remember that contest we held back in like the end of arc two? Like, where we chose a a listener to invent a character that would appear in Arc 3. Well, that character is in this episode, my friends. He has not appeared quite yet, okay? But you'll know when he does. You'll sense him. Rob, thank you so much for your jam of a character. (laughs) I really hope you enjoy how he's integrated into our story. Next up, thanks to our iTunes reviewers. Hasana Nananan. D-Break. Aqua Tofana, who left a long, beautiful review that I shed human tears over, and whose fortune is that life is good, according to I Predict. So, congrats on that. Also, Gabrielle Tapp, Laura W27309, Holiday Nerdy Bird. You all are the best. Thank you so much. Our Patreons this episode are Rachel, Casey, Michaela, Theo, Kate, Dan, Jurassica, Jack Cahote, Nicholas, Laura, and Alex. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank God for you. We've got some cool stuff coming up for y'all guys, so I hope you're excited. Our episode today is sponsored by Join the Party Podcast. If you guys like Dames and Dragons, make sure to check out these sweet people. Join the Party is an inclusive, character-driven 5e real play podcast. When three unlikely heroes are plucked from jail to defend the wedding of the millennium, they're sucked into an adventure of talking gargoyles, anarchist bandits, and royal betrayal. Get ready to meet Johnny B. Goodlight, an overzealous warlock, and everyone's magical dad, Inara Harthorn, aspiring assassin and cool queer skater teen, and also designation TR8C, Tracy? The adorable and murderous robot. The day after each episode, they sit down for the after party, a talk back session where they break down their games and answer pl- and answer listener questions about how to play at home. Subscribe to join the party and follow them at 
at Join the Party Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. The party's just getting started, and you're invited. Bring ice. So now, very importantly, um, a message to Chantel. Rudy, if you'll do the honors. Chantel, I'm starting a new podcast, and I would like to invite you to be on it. What's this podcast called? Dragons and Dames. Um, what's it about? Uh, TBD. <laughs> I got a name and I got an invitation out and that's it so far. Chantel, we will be suing you immediately. <laughs> so please call your lawyer. The code word is decapitated markers. Uh, Rudy, I have some kind of weird news for you. Oh. Uh, turns out that... <laughs> Since episode uh, 15, I believe, we have um, been leaving a secret message for you and James. For me and James? Yeah. Oh. I think that was like around the time we we joined the network. So uh, this is your warning. It is now completed and (laughs) you can try to figure out what it is. Wait, what? Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, I feel very dense right now that I missed a secret <laughs> message. Um, Listeners may be able to help you find what it is. It's a deeply political message. Yeah, listeners, help me out. At Rudy Bassett, tweet at me. I'm really taken aback by this. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It might, it might take some work. It might take some decoding of words. But I think it'll all work out in the end. And I think you'll be really uh, happy with the message you receive. <laughs> So yeah, the sleeper agent is active. Go. So as as we're like digesting this conversation where we reassess our goals <laughs> of, in life, as Fran is like washing and like creating water and just having a grand old time, she like looks at Mary and then kind of looks away and she's like, you know, you're still our friend, right? Mary looks very surprised. And... It's very uncomfortable. Um, Laika, like, rolls by... She rolls Roll. over. Yeah. Like, like a roll. Egg. Yeah. she Laika rolls over like an egg over to Corbin and, like, buries her face in her blanket because she can't handle in what her France... blanket or the blanket on Corbin's in, naked body? Uh, the blanket on Corbin's naked body. <laughs> Thank you. And Fran says, um... It's just that you... Being our friend and traveling with us and us caring about you isn't the same thing as knowing you have our backs. Mary, she is still for a minute. And then signs. I... I've never... Before the world ended for us, before Estra fell... I never left my temple. I was shepherded to the forest temple, apparently. I don't remember it. 
But I never spoke with anyone. I never had friends. I was never trained to fight. I was never trained to travel or to lead or... <sighs> what I'm trying to say is I don't know if I know how to have your backs. But I'm... I want to try. Mm, Fran nods. Well, you are our friend. We've all taken, like, countless dumps, like, ten feet away from each other in the woods. <laughs> I'm literally naked right now in a small bowl of water. <laughs> that doesn't prove anything. Anyway, <laughs> my point is, <laughs> if, if you need someone to train you, Mary, we've all been trained by the best people in Estra, so... If you want to get battle ready, I realize that that doesn't come overnight, but we can't really have someone around who's going to run off. And I do think it's something you can learn. There are other ways to have someone's back besides fighting. If you don't want to participate in combat, we can plan for that too. If you don't feel what we're doing is she right. She puts up a hand and shakes her head. No. I want to help. I want to learn how to not be so afraid. I'd love to learn that too. Samesies. When when Torva appeared on the battlefield, I It's hard to explain. I don't know that I can, but I felt him before I saw him and I felt a part of him grab me and it just filled me with such terror and I I felt like I couldn't breathe, I couldn't see I couldn't do anything and I need to learn how to block that out because some part of him is part of me no, well, we can try to train you on that one, but... <laughs> Any help would be more than I have right now. Fran also takes her hand and <laughs> says, if, if I'm right about what happened on Estra before it fell, then Torva's a part of me, too. I mean, I don't know for how long, but the only person who was really my family, was my mentor Alonia, and she was, at least for a while, Torva. <laughs> I know it's not the same thing, but, like, I don't know, sometimes you get raised by an evil god who knows what to do. And Very what that squeezes your hand, Fran, and gives you a little smile. Laika grabs Corbin and pulls you all close together in, like, the position preparing for a group hug, and she just says... Mary, you're not who your parents are. You're something new. And if you do or don't want to kill your dad, we'll get to that when we come to it. And then she forces you all into a group hug. <laughs> Corbin is naked. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, Sophia? Yeah. Please roll to hug. Yeah, roll. Yeah, you better. Uh, I did not great. <laughs> um, it is a very weak hug. 
And it is a weak and shaky. Probably because everyone's trying to get away from naked Corbin. <laughs> yeah. We're all just kind of like leaning without putting our arms up. Yeah. 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 Laika, you are, you are the conductor of this group hug train and all the rest of the cars have come unhitched. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> Mary takes a few steps back and uh, wipes her tears away from her face and then signs, Corbin, you should put some clothes on. <laughs> Corbin, I accept you for who you are, but I would also love if you would put some clothes on. Thanks, Laika, for that uh, double-handed comment. (laughs) And Corbin definitely had two hands. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, getting back to where we are, do you guys want to take a long rest? Um, As long as we're still injured, I guess we might as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys... uh, De- Wait, how do you guys want to divide up your rooms? You have two rooms. Mm-hmm. Each has two beds. Who sleeps with who? Well, Fran wants to share a room with Laika, so she's trying to catch her eye. Laika's like all for it. She's like, sleep over with my buddy Fran. Okay, cool. Fran is very relieved, but she tries not to show it. <laughs> oh, because Corbin? 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 Just because she doesn't like to reach out to friends. <laughs> um, um, so that means Mary is going to be under Corbin's watchful eye all night. Um, yeah, I, like, kind of regret what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin doesn't understand that there's even a situation. He's like, just like, gonna um, make sure, like, everyone gets tucked in, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. it comes over and she gives everybody a little kiss on the head and yeah. makes sure they're tucked in, gives yeah. them a bedtime story. And exactly. I'm standing, like, behind Laika, like the dad, being <laughs> like, Corbin, you know, you have to sleep with one ear open. You can't just go into a dead faint. If somebody comes in here for the goddess, you got to do something about it. Corbin's asleep already. <laughs> uh, Laika points at what Fran to emphasize what she's saying, even though Corbin's <laughs> asleep. And then um, Fran also turns to Mary and she's like, good night. I love you. <laughs> uh, Mary gives a little wave and signs, good night. I'll keep an ear out. I, I just say, don't open the door to anybody who didn't barf last night. Okay. You guys have a lovely, pleasant evening of sleep. So we wake up and we're just yeah, ready to go. Had a lovely, restful night. The next day is very, 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 very hot. Mm. It is just so intensely hot. Even at the very beginning of the day, it is just so fucking hot. I freeze my hair. <laughs> Good call. Into a... Yu-Gi-Oh! Spikes. Into Yu-Gi-Oh! Spikes. <laughs> Corbin comes out wearing the least amount of clothing possible. That we've ever seen. That you've ever seen on him, which is a feat. Uh, Mary is still wearing the cloak because she has to, and she looks miserable. I give her also some ice. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she sucks on some ice. So, what do you want to do on this bright and shining morning? Shopping. 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 Fashion. Jazzercise. Look, look, look. Okay, so you guys go shopping? Is that what I'm getting? Yes, we're going to go to the market area of Danmar. So you guys head out on this blisteringly hot day and you head out to the great bazaar of Danmar. Um, And here you can buy everything. Well, not everything. You can buy a lot of stuff, though. What do you guys get in the great bazaar? Okay, so I'm going to get Danmari plate, and I'm trading in my plate armor to discount that price. Mm-hmm. I'm getting rations, and I am getting a detailed map that I'm splitting the cost with Fran for. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Corbin, what do you get? I am getting uh, studded leather plus one, and it's... Uh, That's armor? No, just like a it's piece of leather. It's just a piece of studded leather. <laughs> Sounds plus about right one. For your, or, for your armor, okay. <laughs> and then I got an herbalism kit and a deck of cards. And Fran, what did you buy? Um, I bought a net to capture someone in. I got three first aid kits to heal my weak self, rations, hunting trap, and a lock. I don't know what I'll use it for, but I did want to buy it. Corbin looks really nervous when you buy the lock. Uh, Fran shows it to you and like holds it out Corbin, and like makes furious eye contact. Corbin hides behind Leica. <laughs> Fran like sl- slips the lock away. <laughs> this is for Fran's secrets. So as you guys wander through the Grand Bazaar, um, there are people there just shouting at you from every which way. You know, hawking their wares, saying, hey, go over here, I'm selling this, hey, I'm selling this. And on a street corner, you see two people who are each advertising a different shop. One is a very fine-looking lady wearing all these silks and, uh, you know, beautiful, very lightweight, drapey dress. And she's saying, come to Carmina's Quality Emporium, just a short jaunt up the street in the magnificent Castle District. And on the other side of the street, there's a much shadier looking gentleman wearing some ragged looking clothes. And he says, he, uh, he grabs Corbin by the wrist and he says, hey kid, hey, you look like someone who uh, maybe needs some things that they don't, uh, they don't sell at this kind of a store, this kind of stalls, this kind of a market. You should come down to the docks. There's a place there that mm, they'll sell you just what you're looking for. I know what you're looking for. You're looking for some things that you can't find, things that maybe the guards don't want you to find. Come to my shop, huh? I don't huh? know. They're both so good. I pull my arm away from this man. <laughs> I'm a fancy man. Uh, I need to go to the fancy man stores. <laughs> All right. Uh, So then you guys are going to follow this beautifully dressed lady into the castle district and head to Carmina's Quality Emporium. Carmina's Quality Emporium is miles away from the dusty streets of the Grand Bazaar, even though it is actually just like, you know, a short walk. It is a large, huge room with marble pillars and beautiful swaths of silk draped between the pillars uh it is surprisingly cool in here and you see that there are little trenches with cold water running through them that keeps the entire place at a very pleasant temperature despite the blisteringly hot day outside so mary must be happy oh yeah mary is feels so much better in here mm-hmm. uh, everyone who works here is wearing very fine clothes and very snooty expressions do they notice <laughs> my outfit uh, they do, and they sort of give you like a, they give you a little up down and s- a little sneer. What? What do mm. they do to Corbin's outfit? Oh, they are just like not even looking at Corbin. <laughs> like as just last season, but we're yeah, like we're another like, world. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like is offended. <laughs> um, Fran immediately runs for the flute. and picks it up and blows on it oh uh a young man in some very fine clothes with his he has glitteringly blonde hair that is swept back with it looks like a lot of hair product Mm. oh please 
Don't touch the merchandise. Lyka walks over and hits a drum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Uh, please, let us help you with that. Uh, let me get you one of the sample instruments. I, I pull out 50 silver pieces and give them to him, and then I blow on the flute. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I hope you are satisfied with your purchase, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I buy my flute, obviously, and then I'm also going to get a signet ring. And I get the symbol of Sir Nunes, which is a deer with blossoming horns. What color uh, ceiling wax do you get with it? Blue. Okay. (laughs) On brand. All right, Corbin, are you getting anything from this fancy shop? Yes. Uh, Corbin gets a fine mask, Mm -hmm. as well as some perfume. Corbin, when you uh, go to buy the perfume, Mm -hmm. the woman behind the counter says, oh, why don't I give you just a little bit for the road? And she sprays a lot of perfume onto you. Uh, Corbin uh, coughs and then like wafts it on himself. And then he like runs past Fran and Laika to see if they can smell it. What does he smell like? I don't know. Corbin, what do you want to smell like? Sandalwood Uh, and uh, desert flowers? Corbin smells like... uh, Maybe like a juniper base. He smells like a juniper. Okay. (laughs) Very fine imported scent. Yeah. From far in the north. Mm -hmm. All right. And Laika, what do you get at the fancy store? Laika is going to get a fine mask for herself and for the goddess, specifically to help disguise the goddess. Mm. I think she chooses fairly simple ones, and the -hmm. goddess can choose her own, but I think they would, like, look together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The goddess picks out one that's, it's a very simple band of lace, which she's able to sort of wear on her head so she can pull it down quickly when she needs to. Anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. So you guys... Head out of the very fancy store, and you notice that as you're leaving, um, that first salesman uh, who was chastising you, he is uh, hurriedly sweeping the floor as you leave, like <laughs> sweeping you out and sweeping out the dirt that you brought in. Uh, Fran says, let me help you with that, and then she like makes... Oh, rain fall on his head. <laughs> and then she leaves. <laughs> Does he react to that? Uh, he's, I mean, you leave before you see his reaction. Uh, so yep. as you leave, <laughs> Carmina's quality emporium, you see that a mysterious man from before is uh, beckoning you over to follow him to the docks. Ugh. Are you sure I can't tempt you, travelers, with some uh, less than legal delights? Fran takes out her magnifying glass and, like, goes with that guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, immediately we follow that guy. (laughs) Okay. So he takes you back to somewhere that's fairly, that's actually familiar to Fran and Laika. What what does he look like, though? I need details. Uh, So he is a short man, uh, stocky, with a big barrel chest, and he is wearing real really faded like they were once black clothes but now they've faded so much with the sun uh and just general wear and tear that they're more gray uh he seems to have a lot of pockets so he takes you guys down to the docks and leads you to a store that you've been to before you guys passed through this place it's that shop with no name that was next to the shady inn where corbin was kidnapped it's the black market yeah so the inside of this store is it's very, very busy. Um, and in the corner, you see that uh, people are going over to a little shrine in the corner um, and leaving, you know, leaving a, a silver piece or two 
uh, with a prayer. Do you guys want to investigate it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but first of all, I disguise myself. Oh. <laughs> and um, I you gesture just- at the goddess's, like, hood. So oh, she pu- pulls her yeah. hood down? She pulls her hood a little bit further down her face to, to hide herself. Mm-hmm. And Laika is just a big... Like flaming pulls, hot red thumb. Laika pulls uh, her fancy clothes kind of over her head. <laughs> Corbin is not wearing nearly enough clothing to cover any non-essential parts of his body. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fine. Um, so you guys wait in the little line uh, that's uh, in front of this shrine, and you come up to it and you see a small golden statue of a halfling man in a donkey. Oh my <laughs> god. I, uh, Fran just, like, holds her hands up, like, and walks away immediately. Corbin spits on the shrine. (laughs) You're not gonna like that, Corbin. Don't care. He's gonna come after you. Whatever, I got 60 gold pieces. What's he gonna do? (laughs) Laika very cautiously wipes the spit off and, um, takes a piece of her hair and wraps it around (laughs) the the statue like a scarf. (laughs) Why do you keep leaving your hair everywhere? It yeah. is a gift. I'm just imagining like Leica's hairdo at this point is like it's it's just patchy jacked as hell. up. <laughs> Looks good. Um, like a bunch of bald spots. <laughs> so does that guy say anything to you? Oh yeah. So that no, guy- I want to avoid him. Uh, he, I like him. He saw. He sees like he cheated him. Oh no! You should guys, avoid him. If you guys give me the money, I'll buy your shit for you. Um, well. I mean. Like a, you're hard to miss. Yeah. You're a six foot tall red woman with fancy clothes over. Me. I'm wearing different clothes. You are, but you're still a six foot tall tiefling <laughs> woman who is red. What can I do? I'm bodacious. <laughs> you're bodacious. <laughs> yeah. So the that sales guy. So he says, "Oi, you! You're one of the ones who cheated me yesterday." Lyka walks over and um puts up her hands in like a. Like a hey, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about this. Um, Fran, who now just looks like a very generic, like young man, walks by and says, "Hey, if you get cheated in this place, don't you think it's your own fault?" <laughs> uh, she, this stranger, has a point. But <laughs> let me make it right. And Leica pulls and in, reaches into her pocket and pulls out three coppers and is like looking at Fran while she's doing it. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen. I'm not mad. I get it. That that fella, he had a smart thing to say. You get cheated here. <laughs> you deserve it. What I want to know is how you did it, because that's a trick I want to use. Laika says, I guess I could, I'm just good at slate of hand. I, I saw those coins. Those were gold in my hand until few minutes later, turn back to coppers. That's an impressive trick. Come um, on. Come on, let me know. It uh, sounds like s- science to me, sir. Look in your pocket. The man looks in his pockets. Um, and I, there's a, a playing card in there that has a picture of like on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? This is, you gotta show me how you do this sometime. I get it. It's tricks of trade and all, but let me buy you a drink sometime and I'll show you how, and you'll uh, you'll have to show me how it's done. Laika says, mind freak, and disappears into the crowd. <laughs> all right. like, not very well, probably. Yeah. No, because you're still a six foot tall man. I just walk away, though. Oh. Um, and now let's buy our shit. All yeah. right. What do you guys want to buy here? Fran is going to get five sleep darts, an antitoxin, and that's it. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, Corbin gets three sleep darts, and that's it. Leica is going to get two sleep darts and thieves' tools. Okay, so is there anyone in here we could talk to who, like, deals in information? I want to ask about, like, the disappearances that we've uh, heard about. Does anybody look notable in any way? Actually, yes, somebody does. You see a shadowy figure in the corner. Oh. As you look closer, you see it is a fashionably dressed halfling man. He's wearing a dark blue coat with some bright pink animal print epaulets and lapels. Wow, that's a look. He has, so he has his hair is short cropped on the sides and then long on the top. And in the front, the bangs are bright blonde and uh-huh. the anime hair. And the, uh, <laughs> the back of it is black. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is sitting over by the shrine to Dashing Dawson, dancing a coin back and forth across his knuckles. My God, is Fran gonna roll yeah, to fall in love? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Well, is Lyka gonna roll to fall in love? I think we all have. to Yeah, roll. I think we might all have to roll to fall in love. Um, uh, whoa, Lyka got a natural twenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fran also fell in love. <laughs> oh no! I oh. Uh, Mary she, rolled a one. <laughs> oh, she doesn't like them. <laughs> Mary doesn't like him. Well, I'm not gonna tell you guys what Corbin got, but it looks bad. Corbin's experiencing some emotions for the very first time. <laughs> Whoa, we all are in love with this guy? <laughs> so what do you guys want to do? You see this incredibly handsome halfling in the corner. Um, I just immediately go down and... Uh, he, is he sitting at a table? Yeah, he's sitting at a little table right next to the shrine to Dashing Dawson. So we all separately have that romantic comedy moment where like eyes meet across the bar, <laughs> but we think this guy is looking at each of us, even though he's probably looking at none of us. He's probably and, like, looking at Mary, who hates yeah. him. <laughs> and then like time is slowing down. Down and like the crowd goes silent, and I think we, I like Leica mm-hmm. for sure, just like starts walking towards yeah. him. Yeah, of course, um, does as well. of course Fran does too. <laughs> Are we all coming from like opposite yes. sides of the store? <laughs> and I think we're all staring, like, wow, yeah, holy shit, wow, <laughs> you look amazing. Um, uh, Fran jerks her attention away from this guy and stares at Leica. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Leica. Murder eyes. Leica looks to Corbin and then to Fran like, um, excuse me. Corbin uh, trips as he approaches the table and falls over it and <laughs> stares this man directly in his two eyes and says, <laughs> uh, Leica trips and pretends pretends to trip and fall so she's on the same level as Corbin and is now kneeling in front of this man. Um, Fran calmly sits down at the table and she says, these are my associates. Don't mind them. <laughs> uh, by the way, Mary just crosses her arms and stands a little bit <laughs> further away. She thinks that this is the new Mary. <laughs> she hates him because we all love him so much. Does he say anything? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he looks at you all, and then a smile grows from one side of his mouth blossoms to take over his whole face. Is it like looking into the sun? A little bit. Oh my god. (laughs) Corbin gasps and thinks he's having a panic attack. Uh, Leica holds on to Corbin because she feels the same. Corbin grips grips Leica fiercely. They're just holding each other (laughs) on the floor. (laughs) He laughs and it sounds like it just sounds like the first breath of spring after a cold hard winter. Oh hello. I didn't see you there. <laughs> My name is Diamond. 
Ple- pleasure to make your acquaintance. <laughs> um, Fran just like almost passes out. <laughs> Corbin does pass out. He is asleep on the floor. Leica's holding him and like touching his hair while looking into Jonathan's <laughs> eyes. Says, "Are you three fans of music?" I don't know. Maybe. Are you? A bard. (laughs) Corbin snores. (laughs) I am, and I am the best. And as he says best, he uh, taps you lightly on the nose, Laika. I am the best. Laika falls over. (laughs) She's already on the ground. (laughs) No, but she falls from her sitting position onto Corbin. She's also passed out. Oh my god. Um, Mr. Diamond, sir, we were just wondering if you have any information um, about, like, I don't remember it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you said you were barred. Like, what do you play? <laughs> well, you'll have to come to my show tonight and see. I have never been to a show before. That is, where is it? Here. And he reaches into the into his coat, and he produces a uh, card that is black with gold lettering. And it says, The Amazing Diamond performs tonight. And there is a small map drawn in gold on the back of the card. It says, I hope to see you there. And he winks at you guys. Then he gets up, and he leaves. <laughs> Corbin wakes up, and then... Flounders because he's trapped underneath Leica's like Leica does form. not wake up. <laughs> Fran pulls out some chairs for Corbin and Leica. Corbin cannot get out from under Leica. <laughs> Leica wakes up and they sit down and <laughs> and then Leica says, "I guess we're gonna have to fight for him." <laughs> oh shit! We were gonna ask him about the disappearances. <laughs> I guess we have to go to a show tonight. Corbin says, "What? What happened? Who are you talking about?" His name is Diamond. Corbin almost passes out again. <laughs> uh, he touched my nose. <laughs> he touched my heart. Mary uh, has come up to you guys, and she looks very irritated. And she signs, what is wrong? <laughs> he doesn't seem... What? <sighs> and she just crosses her arms again. <laughs> I'm also speechless, Mary. He was really cool. Well he- said, Mary. <laughs> he wasn't cool. <laughs> uh, Laika looks at Mary in horror, like, what are you talking about? And then she looks concerned, like, are you feeling okay? Can you see us? Uh, <laughs> you, Her face um, does look a little bit more red, and she looks away. <gasps> oh. <laughs>
pause the phone. Does Corbin know how to read? Uh, no. Sorry. <laughs> Undecided. Yeah, you'll have to ask that in the Q&A. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask that the only time fans can learn information about Corbett. Hey, do you ever feel like keeping track of all your character's stats and items and item stats and stats changing items and stats changing spells and spell changing stats and spell changing items and item changing spells is absolutely killing you? Well, look no further. Hero Lab has the answer. Hero Lab from Lone Wolf Development makes all those things easy peasy. Hero Lab is a service that acts as an electronic character sheet at the game table, levels up for you, keeps track of your items, and helps GMs build encounters. Hero Lab now supports Starfinder in addition to its usual huge number of games, and the newly released Hero Lab Online now allows for party loot management, direct player-to-player interaction, and even streamlined starship management for those of you playing Starfinder. You can even use Hero Lab to create your own items, spells, ships, and games. Check all this out and more at GetHeroLab.com. All right, so my bosses James Intercast and Rudy Basso asked me to record a commercial for the Newbie DM Minicast, my new 5-10 to minute podcast aimed at giving Dungeon Masters quick nuggets of advice. But I've never cut a commercial before, so let me see what I could do. <clears throat> Best radio voice? All right, Newbie DM here inviting you... Oh, oh wow, that's terrible. Hello, uh, Newbie DM here, inviting you to join the minicast. Wow, that's bad. This sucks. I'm never going to get this commercial for the Newbie DM minicast done, and James and Rudy are going to be mad at me. Well, you know what? Let me just put this aside for now and get back to recording another episode of the minicast where I give out some hot DMing advice and I'll come back to the commercial later. Sorry, James. Sorry, Rudy. It's not going to happen right now. <laughs> 